Welcome to Bill Roden on Sports. Taking you inside clubhouses, locker rooms, and boardrooms. Legendary sports columnist Bill Roden gets inside the heads and beneath the veneer of the men and women who play and own the games we love. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a, another version of Bill Roden on Sports, live from maybe one of the best national championship games either of us have ever seen. We're sitting in the um, NRG, in, in NRG stadium, stadium, whatever they call it now. Yeah, late. We're going into the new day, but everybody is still, still really buzzing from really what was an extraordinary game so extraordinary that Jamal and I were inspired to do a special edition of Bill Roden on sports even though I've got a 645 plane in the morning to get back to New York but I feel for you this was yeah uh, but this was really a I think it was a a, a, a great game was this I don't know was, as long as you've been watching college basketball uh, is this the greatest championship game you've ever seen Jamal yeah I think for me without question uh, Villanova, great team all year, top five team, but still came in as an underdog. And I know they were only a two-and-a-half-point underdog, but it felt like they were a bigger underdog than that. And, you know, they were down five at halftime. Uh, they come storming back in the second half. They take they, they get a ten-point lead, I think, was their biggest lead at some point, around four minutes to go. North Carolina comes storming back. And then, of course, the two last shots, the, the, the Marcus Page double clutch, you know, three-pointer from the hash mark. Hmm. And then Chris Jenkins with the shot. I mean, I've never seen a shot like that for was, a championship well, Yeah, game. I was waiting for overtime. <laughs> right, I right. Mean, you know, who, and who, even who, then, if it was overtime, we would, we would probably say it was a great you know, I mean, great game. this is, again, this is college basketball at its best. Right. You know, you can talk about the – Scandals, unfortunately for the NCAA, North Carolina did not win because we, because right. no, no telling what that investigation goes to. But for this night, for this moment, uh, this is what we wanted. I mean, you saw Oklahoma get blown out, right. you saw Syracuse lose, and we were like, oh, ho hum. But this, this really delivered. I mean, this is what the tournament is all about. This is what that the March Madness, and the, you see the emotion of the kids who, right. you know, they've been thinking about this since they were probably in you know, grammar school or something. So that that was, yeah, that was good. I mean, I, I think it really puts a very nice ending to the competitive part of college basketball, of a great, of really what was really a really good, uh, maybe even great college basketball season. Right, great season, you know, probably one of the best NCAA tournaments we've seen. And, and you know, just going back to the game, a great, great game and a great, great, great ending I mean, an ending like I've never seen to, for a championship uh, victory. I mean, I don't, you know, I, I kind of feel for the North Carolina kids to lose like that. I mean, it's never, no one's ever lost in a national championship like that. I and, mean, and, and, I mean, you have, you mentioned to me before the Kansas, yeah, Mario Chalmers, right? I didn't know, but I mean, but the thing of sports is that that was like ancient history, man. I mean, <laughs> seriously. I mean, I, I do remember Mario Chalmers' last shot because right. it was a heartbreaker, right? You know, and uh, I'm thinking of um, my first Final Four. My championship game was 1985, wow. when Villanova, the same, not the same Villanova team, but right. but uh, this, you know, Villanova upset um, uh, Georgetown. Right. And that was just it, it wasn't on a, it, it, that was not a close game necessarily. 
it was just an extraordinary upset because everybody thought that Georgetown was just this undefeated, I mean, just unbeatable team with Patrick Ewing and all these guys. It would be like if if if, if uh, in the women's bracket, Syracuse would beat. Right. Which, I laugh and watch. You know, yeah, I would hope never so. I, know. I hope that when people are listening to this five years from now, they're saying, "Yeah, Rhode never. Yeah. They, they had no way of knowing that UConn would lose." <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> and, hope, and, hope so. And right, so so Villanova is the bookend. That was your first uh, championship game, and then you come to this one, um, and Villanova does it again. They win their second national championship ever since 1985, and and like someone said, I think at the press conference, uh, that was the biggest upset. You know, they played the perfect game, and this Villanova team played probably the best. You know, was in, was involved in the best championship game. Speaking of the um, press conference, Jay Wright, who is as these things go, I think a lot of writers like him because he gives you stuff. Right. You know, and he was pretty gracious after after the game. Uh, this is what he said about his reaction and and uh, Roy Williams' reaction. That was one of the great college basketball games. Uh, we've ever been a part of and um, we all have great respect for North Carolina Um, we we didn't just beat a great team which this team is but um, a a great program classy program and before they before they determined that shot was good uh, Roy came right up to me and said "Um, you know I'm I'm really disappointed for our guys that was a great game but I'm really happy for you And, and I know I know he means that he's He's a coach's coach, and he's got a great team. And um, you know, some of those seniors, Bryce Johnson and and Marcus Page, were just great examples of, of what you want college basketball players to be. They played with class, won with class, and, and and lost tonight with class. So we we have we have great respect and admiration for them. And for our guys, I'm, I'm just uh, you know, you're like a parent when you're a coach. I just couldn't be prouder. And couldn't be happier to see them enjoy this and, and fulfill their dreams. And, and that's what it's all about for a coach, just to see, to see their eyes, to see their, their satisfaction, their enjoyment. It's, it just, it's, there's no better feeling in the world for a coach or a parent. Yeah, so, you know, classic Jay Wright, uh, contrite, humble, and you know, giving credit to everyone <laughs> but, but himself. But you know, that he gets his first championship uh, you know, championship win. He it validates him in some ways as a coach. And uh, so, I mean, you you got to give it up to Jay Wright, no question. I mean, I mean, everybody, North Carolina kids were stunned. I saw um, the kid um, Bryce Johnson in tears. Wow. Because I mean, I guess to lose, and we saw that, of course, throughout the tournament. Right. You right. see, you know, that's what makes I guess the tournament so great. Because we're not going to see a lot of that. In the NBA playoffs, I mean, we're going to clearly see better basketball, but you're not going to see cats just crying. <laughs> right, right. You know, they make it too much money. Exactly. They're going home to eleven million dollars. Yeah, you are know. you kidding me? And that's losing. No, so that's <laughs> you're still winning. You're still you winning. know, we, in fact, you know, you know, go to the Bahamas, and I mean, here, some guys are happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why, why are we going to play seven games? You no, know, no, no. We, we're playing like the Golden State Warriors. Let's just, can we just get this over with? But here. For a lot of these kids, and I do sometimes think when we talk about one and dones, that this is one of those special moments that I'm sure if you talk to Anthony Davis, 
he'll remember winning that national championship at Kentucky. Of course. Because he may not ever win one in the NBA. Right. After, you know. It's looking unlikely. Yeah, I mean, but so I, I think that, yes, this is obviously it's a big commercial enterprise. Right. But at the end of the day, it's really about emotion and 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 and, and a, a three-week, really a three-week uh, climb. Right. You know, we saw we saw a lot of we saw a lot of good we saw we saw a lot of emotions. You were in in Brooklyn and right. and, and 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 I think you had Villanova at some point, right? You had Villanova yeah, in was, Brooklyn, yeah, right? A, yeah, Villanova was in Brooklyn for the first two rounds. Um, and it's funny a story from that. You know, during the press conference, one of the press conferences. Uh, they they asked the players from Villanova, Archie Diacono, Chefu, um, who on the team was the best at taking last second shots, and you know it was kind of a funny question. They were going back and forth, and Archie Diacono said, basically was like, you know, me. But then Ochefu was jokingly said, I, I might go with Jenkins, hmm. right? So that was very, and, and we saw what Jenkins did, did today, and. Just, I mean, think about Jenkins the rest of his life. He's going to have this, oh, yeah. this shot. I mean, they're going to be right. playing this for oh, 100 ESPN. years. Oh, yeah. They could tell this kid. I mean, just think about it. You can show your kids, your grandkids, you know. Although, if Mario Chalmers is any indication, you can't remember it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's fleeting. Right. Um, listen, let's, uh, we'll, we'll be back, and we're going to talk about, when we come back, we're going to talk about what this does for the Big East because – I think I, I spoke with Stu Jackson, who was the assistant commissioner of the Big East. I think he may have even been happier than Chris Jenkins. <laughs> I mean, because the Big East, right. this was a big, this is big for them. Let, let's uh, hear why when we come back. More Bill Roden on sports. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Taking you inside the games we love. This is Bill Roden on Sports. We're back at NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas, doing a special, special, special edition of Bill Roden on Sports. Uh, just because, you know, as, as a rule, podcasts are supposed to be evergreen so that when you guys are riding on the subway or uh, doing whatever you're doing, you know, in a year from now, you can go back to a podcast and it'll be evergreen. And clearly this was a moment that, you know, maybe it'll be eclipsed in a year or so. But this was, I don't know, this was this was pretty special. I mean, this was some historic stuff, Jamal. Yeah, no, I mean, no question about it. It was the first, uh, Philadelphia was the first team to win on a, an actual buzzer beater since uh, NC State in 1983. Um, and we all remember that one. Uh, the alley-oop or the, the accident alley-oop. And also, uh, Villanova's the first team to win on a three-pointer, uh, three-point buzzer beater ever. So, you know, two things that had never happened before. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's going to get eclipsed anytime soon. Uh, I think yeah. I think we're going to remember this one. Yeah. I think they're going to – CBS and TBS and TNT and True, they're going to force us to remember this one. Yeah, yeah we're going to see it. And, I mean, TBS needed this too because, remember, this right. was – not on this. This was not a CBS game, right? And uh, you know, as I said, everybody goes to the beach, <laughs> right? Right. But uh, and including the Big East, uh, I had a conversation with Stu Jackson. You know, while they were cutting down the nets, and Stu Jackson, who was a former Nets coach, uh, he was um, 
in the NBA for a long time, coached at the University of Wisconsin. He's been around. Right. Now he's the assistant commissioner, as I said, of the Big East. And he was very, very happy about uh, Villanova and the Big East. This is what he said. It's great for our conference and just legitimizes us in a way that, you know, that, you know, after three years of being reconstructed, I don't think anybody could ever dream that it would happen this fast. But it's a credit to Jay Wright, Villanova University, and this group of young men who are some of the toughest that I've ever seen on a basketball court. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I think this was a big night for the Big East. Where they go from here, though, I think that one of the things he said also, though, is that the Big East can't stand still. Uh, the Power Five conferences has basically locked everybody out. You know, those conferences play football, basketball, and they said uh, they reign and they want to run everything. And I think for the Big East to survive, we talked about this last week, um, and, and I did ask Stu about what um, uh, the Mark, guys, Few, Mark, yeah. Mark Few said about the Big East being perfectly positioned to have a national, uh, a national conference. And I think it's, that's something that people are really, really thinking about because they realize they cannot stand still. This was a great night, but it's got to be a building block. And he said that, you know, there are a lot of great teams out west that only want to play basketball. Right. And uh, we've already got a couple teams in the Midwest already in our conference. So presumably we could have a three, a, a East, Midwest, and West division of the Big East Conference. That would basically, over a period of 10 years from now, could, this could almost be routine. Right. You know, just like the Big East ruled college basketball for so long, they could do it again. But, again, uh, I, I, I think it will be very intriguing to see how the conference builds on this because it has been a tough, it's been a tough run for them. Yeah, and I think you know a lot of that, a lot of the run, a lot of what's made it tough, is the media. I think a lot of the you know people outside of the East Coast revel in the Big East not doing well and and wanted to see, want to would like to see it dissolve or at least to talk about it uh, dissolve. But the Big East, you know, they improved this year. They were they had about three four teams in the top twenty five all year, so they did improve. But they did besides Villanova they. They did not fare well for the second year in a row in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Villanova was the only team in the Sweet 16 from the Big East, the only team in the Final Eight, obviously. But they won the national championship, so they have they the Big East actually had the best team in the nation. So that that says a lot. But they're going to have to they're going so to have to UConn exactly UConn with the AAC was, was Conference USA. <laughs> right, right. So and I was the worst yeah. conference ever. That's true. So you're right. Uh, teams are going to have to step up. You know, teams like and in, until. If and when they expand to the West, fine. But until then, you know, teams like St. John's will have to, you know, step up and get better, and we'll see what Chris Mullen can do. Uh, Providence has been better, but they're going to have to step it up. And Xavier, a solid team all the time, they need to take it to the, to the next level. We thought this was the year they would do it, uh, but they were upset by Wisconsin in the second round. So we'll see. We'll see what's up for the Big East. When we, uh, we're going to take one more break. And uh, we're going to wrap up the college basketball season, some of the big issues and moments when we come back. Bill Roten on sports. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Taking you inside the games we love. 
This is Bill Roden on Sports. Welcome back to Bill Roden on Sports. Co-host Jamal Murphy down here. How did you, you have a good experience? This is your first Final Four, right? Yeah, this is my first Final Four. I mean, I couldn't have picked a better. Could have been in a better championship game as we talked about already. Uh, so this this was great. The Saturday where there were two duds of, of games that you know, but definitely uh, tonight made up for that. But you know, it was a great great experience. Uh, you know, Houston did a good job hosting the Final Four. Made, they gotta, they made the work media. On, uh, uh, the burger place we go to, uh, you know, the, the hostess wanted to shut it down a couple of times. Yeah, we had yeah. To, the Holiday Inn. Yeah, yeah we had to, you probably won't stay there again, right? <laughs> yeah, I'll probably switch it up, uh, you know, next time it's in Houston. Yeah. Uh, they're in Phoenix next year, so, you know, we'll see We'll see what, what the comparison is. But, you know, all in all, no, it was a great, great, great experience. These big domes, I, I guess in Phoenix they're going to have it at University of Phoenix stadium which is just another one of these cavernous right money it's really what is not a booty call but it's a it's a money call I right mean, you know and i guess you know they got salaries to pay you know they yeah, got right. salaries and also they have programs to support i mean all honesty right yeah i mean there is obviously in anything there is greed involved but at the end of the day there are a lot of programs that you got to support you know i mean trust me women's basketball probably somebody's telling me this uh, last week, I was in Las Vegas at the Vegas 16. Right. And they're trying to bring the women's tournament in about 2019 to Vegas. They want to change the whole format. They want to have uh, the first two rounds at each school's campus. Then they want to bring the, the, the surviving 16 to Las Vegas right. for like a five-day tournament. Right. So the Sweet 16 on would be all in Vegas. Yeah, all in Vegas, which I think is great destination. You know, uh, it'll be a lot of buzz. Right. It'll be packed. Um, but but my, my point, though, is that, um, you know, that this, they don't make any money. Right. As it stands now, the women, uh, of, of, in terms of you look at cost, cost spent versus money taken in, it's probably like last <clears throat> of all the championships. So right. this tournament... The TV money they get from that got to support a lot of, you know, a lot of worthy things. So, and 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 the, and the game was uh, and the game was great. But we talked about what 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 were um, your your big stories of the uh, of, of of the year? Do you think in college basketball? Oh, not big stories, big issues. I mean, the big issues, you know, and we've we've touched on them. Uh, obviously, the one and Duns and and whether it hurt whether it hurts the game. Um, this year, it seemed like there were more senior-laden teams. Uh, that you know, the teams were older, and maybe that's the reason why the product was a little better. Um, but still, the fact remains that that college basketball loses its top talent early. I mean, any of these kids, you know, a lot of these kids um, are leaving this year. Uh, anybody who has a chance at being even really, we say lottery, but if any of these kids feels like they have a chance to be first round, they usually leave, and half of them don't, right? And and they still try, so that's that's still an issue, and it's going to be an issue whether they, whether the NBA and the NCAA can come together. And I I'm for, you know, added making kids stay in school at least two years, and I understand the other argument that says you know they should be allowed to make a living however they want. 
But the league, you know, in football, they're not allowed to leave until their junior year. I mean, these leagues can make their own rules up to for the good of their league. And I just, I look at, I'm not talking about the league, but I think in turn that would be better for the kids. Um, I'd like to see the kids stay in school. I, there's just too many, too many kids that come out and they have no shot at all to to make a career in the NBA, and you you know it ahead of time, and you can. You can predict which ones are going to fail, and they fail. So I just, I just feel like, you know, force, you know, force these kids or don't allow these kids to come out that early, and maybe they'll they'll make a better decision later. The other phenomena is, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to see them stay as long as possible, and, and it, but actually get something out of school. I mean, that's of course. I think that that's the other one. I think we should actually uh, reduce the number of hours that they've got to spend practicing. Right. There's just no. If everybody faces the same reduction, you know, or the coaches will scream bloody murder, but there's no reason why you have to have these kids with football, basketball, spending this amount of time on their sports. You know, some kids want to do study abroad, but they right. can't because they got to have spring practice. So I think that uh, I love the scholarship system. It's the most unique system really in the world. I mean, nobody else does that ties uh, uh, educational opportunity at some really great s- schools to your ability to play basketball. They do it with, you know, same thing with music and some other stuff. So I'd like to see a way that we could just um, not throw the baby out with the bathwater and give a lot of kids uh, an opportunity to, you know, to do this, but also really to really enjoy college and really get something out of it. The other thing, too, is this phenomenon of the fifth year you know, the kids who go to these mid-majors, right. redshirt their first year, right. play three years at a mid-major, then for that fourth year, they enjoy a second recruiting. Right. And they, they end up going to a bigger school. Right, under, and, the, yeah. under the farce of going to grad school and, right. you know, taking a class that, that their current, school, their current right. school doesn't have. You know, it's right. a complete joke. Yeah, it is and, a joke. You know, and a lot of coaches have complained. We had Beeline on our previous podcast expressing – you know his displeasure with that rule, so we'll see. And I, and the NCAA has said that they're looking at all this stuff. But yeah, you're right. It basically, it's you know, it's a free agent process at the end, and you know they, that that means that schools are recruiting these kids while they're there. We know that happens. So it just it just creates. It's just one more right layer of cheating. I mean, at least the kids. Are, in this case, it is something that works for the athlete. Right. I mean, you can. That's true. That's one of the rare, you know, the rare instances where. An athlete gets something, right? You know, it gets to be a free agent. So, you know, more power to him. I mean, you know, really. And uh, I guess, um, yeah, I spent a lot of time as loyal listeners of Bill Road No Sports. Really, I was out west a lot, and I did get a chance to see a lot of West Coast basketball, uh, the West Coast Conference, Big West, little Pac-10, Pac-10 by one of the most overrated conferences ever but it, it was it was interesting to just you know to see that brand of basketball and, and you also realize that no matter what region are you are you are kids love they just love to play basketball you right. know and, and fans. people are passionate about it right. fans love it you know and particularly in college because you got our parents and that whole thing so um you know all in all i mean i, I think that the enterprise is in good shape even with all the hypocrisy in it. Right. And, you know, obviously, like you said, we're in this huge football stadium, but they packed it. You know, there weren't too many too many open seats, and they were all rewarded with one of the best games ever. So, 
college basketball, the on the court is in pretty is in pretty good shape. I'd say so. And you know, uh, I was at the national football championship. You know, Alabama won. You know, that's pre- pretty good shape. Pretty good shape there too. They're just uh, you know they continue to have to modify and adjust. But my thing is, you got a lot of particularly out of young black kids who are really getting great opportunities, great shots at. Uh, you know, to play obviously, but also to get education. Right. I don't want to see that taken away and reduced. Right. You know, and in fact, I'd like to see them have more of an opportunity, young black kids, to e- even a place like this at the Final Four, more black kids to get involved in the behind-the-scenes aspects of college basketball, because or and football, because we're really not there. I mean, right. You know, and that goes all. You know, not just behind the scenes, but the coaching we talked about. Uh, coaching opportunities. There are a lot, you know, you see plenty of coaches, assistant coaches who are black, or, you know, who, but they're leaned on for recruiting, but, and then they do all that work on that side of it, but then they don't get rewarded with the, with a big job. And, you know, there's also, there's also been stories about uh, coaches at HBCUs, and they don't get the same opportunities after an upset in in, in the uh, NCAA tournament right. that other that other mid-major coaches get used. A lot of times, you know, a coach from, you know, a mid-major, a white mid-major school, they they get one upset in the NCAA tournament and their coach is instantly rewarded with a, with a high-major job. And that kind of thing hasn't really happened uh, for HBCU programs. And, and there's really no explanation for that except race. Right. Ism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been a, it's been a great run, been a great uh, uh, tournament run. Um, now we're shifting our focus to other, well, the NBA, right. like real basketball and other issues and stuff like that. And uh, you know, we've got a great uh, great podcast coming up with Ken Burns. Right. Uh, this, uh, I think it's going to be next uh, Wednesday, as a matter of fact. Right. Coming up. Right. So stay tuned for that. We'll tweet it out. And again. Uh, my handle is, if you want to tweet something out at me, it's uh, at WC Roden and Jamal. At, uh, I'm at, at Blackatologist. And the podcast, Bill Roden on Sports, is at Bros Pod, B R O S P O D. So follow that and uh, you know, it'll keep you up to date on, on the new podcasts that are coming out and, when, and what exactly is coming up for us. So we look forward to interacting with you. Yes, please. All right. Well, take care. See you next week. God bless. And uh, have the beginning of a great spring in summer. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.